Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. So will we soon see at least some parts of the affidavit used to justify the raid on former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago? Doesn't the public have a right to know why an unprecedented raid of a former president's home took place? And what about President Trump's rights. Well, joining us now is one of the best legal experts out there, Fox News legal analyst Greg Jarrett. Greg, great to have you here on the podcast. Good to be with you, Rita. What's your reaction, first off, overall, just to the raid in general? What's your reaction? Well, the raid on a former president's home by his political opponent, Joe Biden, and Biden's conciliary, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, this is, as you point out, Rita, unprecedented. This is an extraordinary event. And in many ways, it's horrifying. And it demands extraordinary honesty and transparency. Americans, I think, deserve the whole truth. And the whole truth is in the affidavits. It's in the public interest, I think, to set the record straight about what went on here. And that means we need to see the real reasons and the alleged justification for this armed raid in the dark of the night. I mean, if it was merited, then let's read it. But hiding the affidavits only fuels even more public distrust and disbelief. And Merrick Garland, sadly, doesn't get that. Because I think he just sees himself as Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's protector. And, you know, they're a tack dog against Biden's political foes, principally Donald Trump. Although, you know, the White House claims, oh, they knew nothing, you know, which I find very hard to believe. Do you believe that? No, of course not. And look, there was a major story just a few months ago, obviously leaked by the White House saying that that Joe Biden, you know, wants Merrick Garland to go after Donald Trump. Now, Biden didn't have to, you know, haul Garland into the Oval Office to tell him that. All Garland has to do is read it in the newspapers in Washington, D.C., and he, you know, he gets the message loud and clear. How politicized, to your point, do you think Merrick Garland and the DOJ and FBI have become, Greg Jarrett? Well, I think they've become horribly politicized. They've weaponized their immense powers to go after, you know, political enemies and to protect partisan allies. You know, look, the FBI and the Department of Justice have a documented history of shameful misfeasance, malfeasance, politically driven corruption that has caused Americans to no longer have faith and confidence in them. They've squandered our trust. And now Garland, you know, wants to hide the affidavits while his own department is leaking information that damages Trump, including grand jury information. You know, I don't buy for one moment, Rita, that Garland's excuse for keeping the affidavit sealed is, oh, gee, it'll compromise our investigation. First of all, that's what they always say when they want to hide stuff, hide bad behavior. And second, too bad if it compromises your probe. Deal with it. 
you cannot allow the DOJ to leak details in the affidavit while hiding the full contents contained in the affidavits. Are you surprised how many leaks have happened? Just as you said, he can't have it both ways, because clearly there are people tied to the investigation, whether it's Garland or someone under him. They are clearly leaking. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We're seeing all the drips, whether it's in New York Times or it's in Newsweek or wherever it is. And then they want to go in and say, well, there can't be any leaks of the documents. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah, the worst leakers in Washington, D.C. are the FBI and the Department of Justice. You know, and their abysmal track record suggests, I think it's quite likely, that the FBI and the Department of Justice did not tell this Florida magistrate the truth, or they misrepresented critical facts. I mean, we've seen them do it, Rita, time and again during the Russia hoax, The Justice Department Inspector General found a disgraceful pattern of lies, deceptions, omissions, concealment, and manipulation of evidence by the FBI in gaining search warrants. They even fraudulently doctored records to get what they wanted. I mean, this is law enforcement run amok. They've gone rogue. They abuse their immense powers for persecution and prosecution of political adversaries. And do you believe it's because they just want to go after Donald Trump, or at least some of them there do want to do that? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I mean, they employ intimidation tactics and misuse of the legal system to try to put Donald Trump out of business as a politician to prevent him from running yet again for president of the United States against Joe Biden. I mean, this is dangerous weaponization of authority. It's a frontal attack on our cherished principles of fairness and equal justice. And, you know, millions of Americans look at this and, you know, they say to themselves, my Lord, if it can happen to a former president, can it happen to me? And, you know, the attorney general's indignant response at his five minute news conferences, you know, we're the government, trust us. You know, we care deeply about applying the law evenly without fear or favor nonsense. They don't do that. I mean, we've seen it time and again. You know, when you target parents as domestic terrorists simply because they care about their children's education and they go to the school board to complain about policies they don't like, which is their right, it's their constitutional right. You know, that shakes your confidence in Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice. When we see Garland refusing to enforce the law by arresting demonstrators who are issuing ugly threats outside the personal homes of conservative Supreme Court justices, I mean, he is ignoring federal statutes that make it a crime to do that. I mean, how in the world do you justify that? Garland says he's dedicated to upholding the rule of law, I think he's tearing it down. And then we're now hearing reports that there were more than a dozen basically whistleblowers within FBI and DOJ saying that what they did was, okay, there was some information to basically prop up a Trump investigation, one of the various ones, and diminish anything tied to Hunter Biden. So there's actually whistleblowers that have come forward to people like Chuck Grassley, and we know Jim Jordan's been talking about it. This also adds fuel to the fire. 
Yes, it absolutely does. And I'm happy to see and I commend the whistleblowers for having the courage to step forward. I mean, they, insofar as Hunter Biden is concerned, they have said that there is a scheme within the FBI and to some extent the Department of Justice to hide the incriminating evidence, put it in a file, seal it that only they can access, while at the same time falsely portraying the laptop as Russian disinformation, even though they know it is not. How in the world can you explain or justify a four-year-long investigation? There's been a raid of Hunter Biden's home, despite compelling and overwhelming evidence that he was running a multi-million dollar foreign influence peddling scheme selling access to his powerful father. No indictment, no raid. You know, there's only one conclusion that there's corruption going on to protect Joe and Hunter Biden. And the American public sees it. And in fact, one of the most, I think, like apparent sort of images that were seared in my mind, at least, Greg Jarrett, I was watching. Here is the raid that happens, of course, of President Trump. And almost it feels like minutes later, you see Joe Biden and Hunter Biden going on vacation together, just kind of hanging out where they were in, you know, South Carolina at the time. But it was like these two different images. And Americans are going, wait, are there two different systems of justice? Yeah, that was Joe and Hunter Biden flipping the ultimate middle finger at the American public. You know, Hunter Biden, amazingly, he doesn't know when to keep his yap shut, gave an interview weeks after his president, his father won the presidency. And he essentially said he was worried that he would be indicted if his father had lost, but was relieved that his father had now won. I mean, what does that tell you? It tells you that he's got a get-out-of-jail-free card sticking in his pocket. And, you know, with Merrick Garland at the helm at the Department of Justice, he's now exercising that card. And what does that say to Americans out there as they're watching this? Because so many people, as we've even seen in the polls, many people, even those, you know, who have been critical of President Trump in the past, have come out and said, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. You know, on the pediment of the United States Supreme Court, the words equal justice under law are engraved. And that's embedded in our Constitution. You know, it's a cherished right, equal justice. And that also means equal application of the law. That's fundamental principle in American justice. And, you know, this administration, Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, to some extent, Christopher Wray, who I realize was a Trump appointment, a terrible one. You know, these are people that have turned that phrase equal justice, a treasured principle into a farce. And I think it's really tragic. And look, uh, government derives its power from the consent of the government. And, you know, uh, government exists only insofar as its citizens want it to. And I think it's incumbent upon them in a constitutional representative democracy to make a change. When they see corruption, when they see abuse of power, these thuggish authoritarian tactics, they need to rise up and exercise their constitutional right 
to vote that government out of office. Whether they'll do it, I don't know. But it seems to me that we are quickly approaching the precipice that is so very dangerous. Yeah, you're right. And even President Trump came out and said, you know, everybody, we need to also calm down because people are just so upset and so angry. And there's already such incredible division in this country. But when you have a Merrick Garland and you have a DOJ that's not putting a lot of this information out, and just as you so eloquently said, basically, they're saying, hey, trust us, we had a right to do an unprecedented move and raid a former president's home. It creates that fuel. It creates that. And what else do you think that Garland could do or should have done? Do you think he should have answered questions a lot sooner? He waited 72 hours. And then Greg Jarrett, when he even just made the public statements, it almost looked like he was in a hostage video, you know, the way he was talking. Yeah, I mean, Garland is oblivious in many ways, which is sort of typical of a judge. You know, people in public service outside the judiciary have a better sense of public sentiment and the American pulse. And if he thought he could you know, perform a raid in the early morning hours and nobody would notice, <laughs> you know, he's sorely mistaken. I don't think he appreciated how outraged Americans would be over this. And, you know, as I say, I think Americans deserve the full truth. Did the affidavits not advise that Trump lawyers had complied with an earlier subpoena? Did the affidavits fail to mention that Trump and his lawyers were cooperating to return documents? I mean, look, you can write a warrant affidavit in a way that totally misrepresents the true facts. And a magistrate who, by the way, is not an experienced federal district court judge appointed by a president approved by Congress, can easily be snookered. And so this is a case that screams for transparency. And, you know, Merrick Garland, his determination to maintain secrecy only undermines the public's confidence and in the integrity of the Department of Justice and the FBI, which is already, by their own behavior, has been horribly damaged. Absolutely. Now, what are your thoughts? Obviously, there was the recent hearing in court, and it sounded like the judge will at least have some of it released. It's going to be heavily redacted, right? What can we anticipate that the DOJ will try to get through, or as little as they can? Well, the magistrate and his ruling makes me wonder has he now realized that he didn't get the whole truth in the affidavits, that omissions and the concealing of vital information was made by the FBI and the Department of Justice? But I guarantee here's what's going to happen. You know, Garland has a week to provide his suggested redactions, what should be removed or covered, covered up in the affidavits. So Garland's going to submit a copy of the affidavits with black lines through everything, except the title, affidavits. And he's, you know, he's going to claim everything it should be completely excluded. And if the judge disagrees, Garland will be already with a prepared motion for appeal. He'll take it to a higher court. And, you know, get an order to stop it. And he hopes to continue to delay the release of the affidavits for months, maybe in perpetuity. 
So I don't expect much, frankly. That's interesting. So you think there's just going to be so much back and forth between appealing and this and just dragging it out that it's going to be a long time till we see anything of substance in there? Yeah, I guarantee you right now, Garland's lawyers at the DOJ are writing their appeal. They'll seek an immediate halt to any decision by Reinhardt, the magistrate. At the same time, you've got a bunch of guys who, with black marks a lot, you know, other pens, just blacking everything out. Those are famous redactions. Everything will be redacted. I mean, you ever look at some of these redacted government documents? Like everything, it's they're page after page after page of nothing but black. Yeah, and it's like uh, and and the are the only words, basically, that you see right. in it. I've seen, I've covered, you know, so many court cases through the years. And yeah, you get it back and you're like, oh, here's two words, you know. One thing that did come out, though, in the court hearing for it, which was really interesting, is that they said, the government, that this would really kind of hurt. We're in the early phase of our investigation. And when I heard that, Greg Deere and I went, what are you kidding me? You raid a president's house for, quote, an early phase of an investigation? Did that kind of signal to you maybe this is a fishing expedition? Oh, it's totally a fishing expedition. And by the way, I had the same reaction, Rita, when I heard this. you got to be kidding me. You used an incredibly invasive criminal search warrant, search and seize, at the preliminary stage of an investigation. You're supposed to do that at the very end once you've gathered sufficient facts. You don't do it at the outset. Look, this was never a dispute about federal records under the Federal Records Act, because that act, by the way, is not a criminal statute. There's no enforcement provision. Merrick Garland knew that and knew that on that basis, he couldn't get a legitimate criminal search warrant. So what did he do? He pulled out, you know, the federal code and he said, well, let's toss in, you know, this statute and this criminal statute and this. So they cited three criminal statutes. The problem with those statutes is that prosecutors would have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt deliberation by Donald Trump. That is, you know, all the statutes use the language of intentionally and knowingly and willfully breaking the law. That makes any case against Trump incredibly weak. If, for example, Trump genuinely thought that, you know, I declassified these documents, some of them belong to me, I'm not violating the Federal Records Act, then those three statutes don't apply. If he relied on others to assemble, pack up and ship off the documents, then audit and go through, you know, thousands and thousands of pages, I mean, surely he's not doing it himself, you cannot be held vicariously culpable for the misdeeds or mistakes of others. So, you know, those statutes are an enormous stretch. But for a guy like Merrick Garland, he doesn't care. Do you think it's going to lead to an indictment still, regardless, even as you mentioned, it's incredibly weak on your face? Well, as an experienced judge, Garland should know that it would be an exceedingly difficult case to bring and to prove. Although, by the way, if you bring it in the District of Columbia, where 92% uh, voted for Biden and a scant 5% voted for Donald Trump, the only venue in the United States where Trump is universally hated, 
you know, you can indict and convict a ham sandwich as long as the sandwich has Trump's name on it. It wouldn't hold up on appeal. But I would think that Garland knows that he's got a weak case. I think this was a pretext to go in there, turn the joint upside down, ransack it, spend 10 hours looking for something, anything to other than these records to nail Trump on, you know, some imagined seditious conspiracy uh, related to the uh, January 6th riots. So a raid in search of information that could lead later to a crime for something else. Yeah, an investigation in search of a crime, which, Rita, as you know, is backwards. Yeah, that's not the way justice is supposed to be, right, Greg Jarrett? You are right. Yeah, 1,000%. Wow, what a crazy system we're in and so many unanswered questions. I'm so glad that you gave us such great information. Greg Jarrett, the great Fox News legal analyst, thank you so much for your perspective and for all you do to protect America. It's so great to have you here on the podcast, Greg. Rita, my pleasure. Good talking to you. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America. America.